Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new, welcome to the community. For those of you that are tuning back in, thank you so much for um, tuning back in for another segment. With me today is Allison Roberts, and today we're going to spend time talking about um, how do you get over things that may be holding you back, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, and how you can manifest to get to a point in your life where things take you from surviving to thriving. But before we jump into there, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Allison. So Allison Roberts knows what it takes to make it in this world. As a young woman who found herself homeless, pregnant, and forced to live in her car, she turned to the writing of Napoleon Hill for comfort and guidance. Little did she know then what a huge impact his philosophies would make on her life. As a cognitive behavioral expert, along with her natural intuition, Allison has guided thousands of people all over the world to find their internal power. Her system of personalized science, the combination of brain work and spirituality, combined with her grace and sense of humor, has made Allison a highly sought-after coach, speaker, and business collaborator. Additionally, Allison was recognized by Feedspot, a Forbes affiliate, in their designation of top 100 coaches in the world. So y'all, she doesn't look like what she's been through, but when you hear the test that she's went through and how it has produced her testimonies, it's going to blow your mind. So without further ado, let's welcome Allison Roberts. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, Allison. So I want to first jump into the connection part of the segment, which is a fun part of the segment before we get into the heavy stuff. So there's two options here. We could either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? Oh my goodness. Um, Let's do a rapid fire 10 question game. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Allison. Do, 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 do. Question number one, what's your favorite color? Purple. Question two, favorite quote or statement? I had a dream. Question three, if you could trade places with anyone, who would it be and why, or would you just stay yourself? I would definitely stay myself. Question four, if you, if you could give your, your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Um, heal your trauma. Question five. What's one thing you wish you would have known early on? One thing I wish I would have known early on, um, that what we think, um, we become, but more than that, um, what we focus our attention on is what we manifest. Love it. Question six. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? Jesus, because I have a lot of questions. 
Oh, yes, I'm right there with you. But I think I want to hit I want to hit Eve up first to ask her, why did you deceive us in the garden? (laughs) Question seven. If you could be a fly on the wall and eavesdrop on any conversation, what conversation are you listening into right now? I'm listening into um, Will Smith talk about um, why he hit Chris Brown during the Oscars. Wait, no, no, not Chris Brown. Chris, I think Chris Rock, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, I'm yeah, sorry. Rock. I keep saying Chris. I'll tell everybody Chris Brown. Chris Rock, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and now there's like a meme. Apparently, like the young people are saying, I'll just Will Smith you. And I'm <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so number eight. The mood is right and you're dancing like nobody's watching. What are you rocking out to? Oh, man. Um, Anything that is funky by Justin Timberlake. Ooh, I'm bringing sexy back. (laughs) Question nine. I love comedy and I know you love to be um, funny and vibrant and all of that. Do you have a favorite comedian? I do. And it's Eddie Murphy. And he actually um, shares my birthday. Oh, wow. That is a fun fact, too. We're Aries together. And question 10. It is our pass or play question. So if you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question, Allison. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Play. Okay, last question here. So if you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, where would you be headed? Bora Bora. Ooh, and thank you for playing Rapid Fire. Now that concludes the connection part of the segment. So audience, you know a little bit more about Allison. Now we're gonna dive into the heavy stuff. Some of the contents that you're gonna hear next may make you say, wow, or open your eyes big. Cause as I said in the bio, Allison does not look like what she's been through, but thank God she went through what she went through. Cause now she's here to empower other people to navigate their journey. So Allison, can you share a bit about your background? Because the reason why I ask about the background first is because it builds context to where you are now. Yeah. So my background is that, um, I, My career started out with working with battered women um, in a shelter here in Georgia. And after working with them for several years, um, I was really burned out and just, I couldn't do it anymore. So um, I hung up that shingle and I got my real estate license and rocked out real estate for like seven years and made a lot of money and had a lot of fun until the crash happened. And I took like five months off trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I met with a business um, coach and she was like, I I really think that you need to go back into therapy. And I was like, I really don't want to. Um, So we brainstormed and I have been doing coaching um, using cognitive behavior for the past 17 years, uh, full-time and 25 years total. So Um, that is who I am and what I'm all about. That's amazing. And that's Allison. Now in her bio, she mentioned she was homeless. You were sleeping in your car 
And then there's another ball that was dropped and I'll let you share that because it's your story to share. So let's talk about you going through the various trials and tribulations in your life because all of that led up to the path that you're on now because had these things not happened to you, you wouldn't have been pushed and catapulted into you know, therapy and CBT, which is cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy and just helping people unlock the blockages. Exactly. So I grew up in a really very dysfunctional um, household. My mom is not well at all. And my dad was present, but emotionally not available. And then when I was 10 years old, my parents had a pretty violent fight where um, my mom was injured and hospitalized. And my dad had never put his hands on her before that. Um, But anyway, it led to them getting a divorce. And, um, my mom forced me to lie on the stand. She threatened me and told me that she was going to kill my two sisters and my brother if I didn't lie on the stand. So I had to lie, which led to me not being able to live with my father, which is what I wanted to do. So I ended up being stuck at home with her. And so When I was 18 years old, um, I ran out of gas on a country road and this guy pulled up and he was cute and funny and rescued me from the side of the road. And we were inseparable after that day. And I moved in with him while I was still going to college. And uh, we were very quickly um, engaged to be married. And all trauma-based, you know, relationship. But anyway, um, so nine weeks um, after we had gotten engaged, I failed a pregnancy test. It was positive. So when I told him, he was so excited. We were so excited. I told him over waffles um, at the Waffle House. And we were, um, yeah, I love that place too. And um you know, he was throwing me around the parking lot, like in a good way, you know, like picking me up and tossing me around. And we were so excited. And then we told his father and that's when everything just fell apart. So his father was very political, um, very, um, just super, it's weird because his father was like super religious, but then wanted me to have an abortion at the same time. So he, and I'm pro-choice, um, just for anybody out there watching. Um, but that does not mean pro-abortion. I just want to make that really clear. So he wrote me a check for an abortion. Um, I went to the clinic and I couldn't go through with it because I'll drive the whole way that I was driving there. I was just thinking like, I want this I don't want to get rid of this pregnancy. So I lied. I didn't tell my fiance um, that I didn't get through with the abortion. And then a couple of weeks later, morning sickness set in um, and he came into the bathroom one morning and he was just like, listen, I knew that you didn't go through with it because you weren't upset enough and we'll figure this out. Um, It's okay that you lied to me. I love you. I forgive you. Um, Let me talk to my dad and everything's going to be okay. So I left for school 
Can I ask one question really quick, Allison here? Yeah. I want to just put some context for the audience. So if this was your choice and your fiance's choice, why did his dad have such a heavy influence in the decision? And why was it up to him for him to decide what was best for you and your fiance at the time? Because at the end of the day, it would be you two that are raising the child unless he was, you know, going to support financially. No. Yeah, no. So we lived in our own house. Um, we had our own cars. We had, you know, we were, we were taking care of ourselves. I think honestly, um, he just needed his father's approval so desperately. Um, his father was one of those people, um, who just, um, never showed love, never, um, gave like any compliments or, you know, good job or anything, you know, and my fiance was the valedictorian of his class. He was a straight A student. Um, he had already graduated from college. He was uh, seven years older than me. Um, he, you know, was starting his own construction company. Um, he had it all together. He had it going on and his dad would just always find stuff wrong. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to chime in there because this may resonate with the audience. So when we are so busy seeking validation from other people, then we begin to hold ourselves in a holding pattern and remain um, complacent. And then that's when some trauma start to conjure up because we're going to people who were never really meant to be a part of our tribe or to really validate us. So why do we keep seeking appeasement from people? And yes, it could be our family members, it could be our friends or whatnot, but then that ends up making us have imposter syndrome that makes us doubt ourselves and have limiting beliefs because we want that approval we want that love but what happens whenever we start to find that within ourselves then we can really be secure versus seeking it externally from those external factors and voices and I just wanted to put that out there because it's so heart-wrenching and there are so many parents out there that are putting all these restrictions on their kids and their kids are walking around feeling like they don't have a place or they don't matter when in actuality you do matter you were created on purpose for a purpose and I just think that that was a good point to interject that because it just breaks my heart to hear that a parent can have so much control and manipulation over a child, even though that child, they raised that child well, that he was absolutely doing well for himself, but he just felt the need to just coincide with his father versus coincide with the one he was getting married, ready to marry and profess his love for. Right. And he was 27. I mean, I was 19, but he was 27. So it's not like he was this like little kid, you know, he was a man and still, still wanted all of that approval from his father. So I left that morning. Um, I went to campus, went, I had classes like all day long. I was exhausted because I was pregnant. Um, And when I got home, I couldn't get in because they had changed the locks on the house and they put my stuff outside. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. And I drove a Volkswagen Beetle. So it's not like you can put like a whole bunch of stuff, you know, in your car. So I put in my car what I could. Um, and then 
I'm 57. So this is way before cell phones. So I drove to the fast food um, restaurant where I worked and I called my mom and I, I didn't tell her that I was pregnant. I just told her that we had broken up and I needed to come home, which was huge for me because she was so abusive, um, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, like just not, not a good situation. But anyway, she, she gave me permission to come back home and I went home, um, which I'm thankful for. But (laughs) as soon as she figured out that I was pregnant, which by then was almost four months, was almost four months pregnant when she found out. Um, she knew that, you know, my fiance had changed the locks on the door. She knew all of that stuff had happened to me. And when I told her that I wasn't going to have, you know, an abortion, she, when I got home from school that night, she had also changed the locks on the door, except she didn't put my stuff outside. So everything that I owned was in in her house. Wow. All I can say is wow, because from a mother's perspective, and Mm -hmm. this is from the outside looking in, how can you as a mother who have burnt children do something like that to your own child? We we may never know what her reasoning was um, unless you ask and you get into that later on in the conversation. But I do have a question here. Why did you choose your mother over your father? He was in active alcoholism and the, the atmosphere at his home was not one where, and and he also was an hour and a half from my campus. Mm, Okay. So I would have had to drop out of school, um, to go live. That was the main reason, but the other part of it too, was the alcoholism. It was just, I mean, he got sober very soon after that, but still it was just, there was always a party at his house and like people were just like in and out all the time. And I just didn't want to be in that environment, especially pregnant. So then whenever your mother did the same thing that your fiance did, she put you out, she changed the locks, but your belongings were still in the home. In that moment, how did you feel? Because it's like one person you love did it to you. And then now another person you felt like you could trust and confide in did it to you. So now it's two. So emotionally, you're, it's probably weighing on you. Yeah, I sat in my car and screamed at God. Um, I knew it wasn't his fault. I wasn't blaming him at all. Um, but I, I was just screaming, like, why are you giving me like this strong feeling inside of me to like, keep this pregnancy going if I'm not going to be supported through it? Like I couldn't understand, like, and that's the thing about following our intuition. It's not always unicorns and rainbows, you know? Sometimes the path that God wants us to take is the absolute hardest path for us to take. Um, and that's something that I've, I've come into with wisdom over, over years. I mean, I didn't get it right then in the driveway. I mean, all I heard was, and I, I do believe it was God's voice, you know, um, and I was not super religious and I'm still not, I don't, I don't like religion, um, but I wasn't really even that spiritual. I mean, we can go down a whole nother road. Maybe this is for another podcast, but 
um, very quick side note. So when I was four years old, I was accidentally hit in the head with a baseball bat. And on my drive, on the ride to the hospital, um, this brown man with green eyes um, came and sat next to me um, in the backseat of the car because I kept leaving my body and coming back in. And, and I knew it was Jesus. I knew it was. There wasn't a doubt in my mind. I knew exactly who it was. They say in the Bible, it says, you'll know. And I absolutely knew that it was him. So I was waiting for like my Jesus moment and it wasn't coming. You know, it just, it wasn't happening. But I did hear in my head, go to campus, park in the bottom level of the parking lot because I always parked on the top level. Park in the bottom level of the parking lot as close to the concrete cylinders as you possibly can um, and go to sleep. And so that's what I did. And every morning I would wake up and I would hear, go to class. So I go to class every afternoon. I would hear, get back in your car. I'd get back in my car. So I just was listening to that voice. Um, and then like seven or eight days into being homeless and living in my car, one of my professors gave me the book by Napoleon Hill that's Think and Grow Rich. And that book is all about what we think becomes reality. And after homework, I didn't really have anything to do in my car. And I just have to say this, like I was 19. And if I hadn't been homeless, there's no way in the world I would have read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Like there's no way. But I was homeless and I didn't have anything to do. So I dove into the book and I absorbed it like a sponge. And I just started, you know, I thought, you know what? If there's any truth at all to this, I'm going to start imagining myself in a bed, warm. And I actually, for whatever reason, I pictured these curtains with these like little flowers on them as as I would see myself like rescued and in this bedroom and Atlanta had the coldest winter that it had ever had since since then or before then um and I really thought I was going to freeze to death and so I just this one particular night I just I I said to God I was like listen um it still after all these years it still gets me emotional I just said listen here's the deal I've done everything that you've asked of me um and I ask you every single day what to do and you've told me. And so now I'm going to freeze to death in my car tonight. Um, Cause I was just like, I was like shivering and shaking and I was just miserable. And I was like, I'm going to die. Um, but at least I'll die knowing that I did every possible thing that you told me to do. And I swear within like five minutes, he, the professor knocked on my door and got me out of there. Wow. And I want to pause here because I I got chills and y'all, this is not woo woo. Um, So for those of you, I am uh, religious as well as spiritual, but I would say I'm more connected to the spirituality and me, me knowing, because I'm a work in progress and I always didn't have it right. So you, you talked about the numbers, you said seven to eight, seven to eight days. Then you talked about five, five is the number of grace. Seven is the number of completion. Eight is the number of new beginnings. So think about that. We're not going to go in deep here because I don't want y'all to think I'm about the woo-woo or anything like that because I don't do tarot cards or readings or anything like that. That is not within my scope. 
And that's not something that I believe in, but from a spiritual aspect, then you said, Jesus, you said, God, I did everything that you asked. So you were having that vertical relationship and that communication, just letting him know how you felt. And I feel like sometimes we just need to be angry. And as you were sharing that story, I thought about the song by Carrie Underwood, Jesus Take the Wheel. Yes. I pulled up the lyrics really quick because I just want to interject it here for the audience so they could kind of get a visual representation in a sense. I'm just going to probably read um, three stanzas. Are you fine with that, Allison? Because I think it ties in. I'm great with that. She was driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a snow white Christmas Eve, going home to see her mama and her daddy with the baby in the backseat. 50 miles to go and she was running low on faith and gasoline. It'd been a hard, long, it'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going way too fast. Before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both their lives flash before her eyes. Didn't even have time to cry. She was so scared. She threw her hands up in the air and said, Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands, because I can't do this on my own. I'm letting go, so give me one more chance and save me from this road I'm on. Jesus, take the wheel. It was still getting colder when she made it to the shoulder, and that car came to a stop. She cried when she saw that baby in the back seat sleeping like a rock. And for the first time in a long time, she bowed her head to pray. She said, I'm sorry for the way I've been living my life. I know I've got to change. So from now on tonight, and what I heard was after that happened, you drove to Waffle House where you were working. This is a recap of Allison's story so far. Then from the Waffle House, she drove to a parking garage where she parked on the bottom level. She lived in her car for about seven to eight days. No, was, 23 days. Oh, 23 days. Yeah, she I mean, moved, it was after seven, the eighth day I got the book, but it was 23 days that I lived in the car. So lived in the car for 23 days while she was going through personal development within seven to eight days. So she was going through her period of completion and new beginning. Then she manifested that she was gonna be in a warm place, which ended up being her professor's house who had compassion and empathy. Then metaphorically speaking, in that song, the baby was already there, but inside of Allison, her baby was growing. She was going through her own birthing process. Something inside of her needed to be birthed out because the world needed to see that baby because that baby was going to be a human vehicle and a conduit to something later on, which we're probably going to have to have a part two of this segment. And then now you hear how Allison is coming into her period of refinement, refueling, recharging, rejuvenated, and etc. So I just wanted to share that song because even though it wasn't everything Allison went through, it was part of her story, even though she didn't necessarily have her baby in the backseat when she was driving. Her baby was in her, but she had to do what was best for Allison, even though she had to face some hard situations. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. 
Yeah, so after um, my professor and his wife took me into their home, they connected me to um, an adoption center um, because I was just like in no position to raise my son myself. So I moved into a host family's home and my son uh, was born a few months later and then I placed him uh, for adoption. So we um, very quickly, 24 years later, we faxed our paperwork in at the exact same time and we were reunited five days later. So there's the five again, Wow, um, which I love. So um, I actually just released my whole book about it. So it's the spiritual journey, the part no one talks about. So if you guys are like, oh my gosh, I need this story. Um, but the other beautiful thing about the book is that it has journal prompts in it. So I ask some pretty profound questions about your own decisions that you're making or trying to make or have made in the past and how that's guiding you to the next step that you want to take. And um, there's also a free meditation that's attached to the book. So it's available on Kindle too. So I would love for everybody to jump in there and grab one. This is amazing. And I love how the story has transpired and now you're reunited and it feels so good. And y'all, I am not a singer. So I just like having that. <laughs> I'm not either. Don't get me started. Don't run. Your, your audience will be like, ah! So Allison, I want you to share in your CTA, we already plugged the book, but share where um, they could connect with you on your website and what social media platforms they could uh, find you on. Yes. So um, my website is my name, AllisonRoberts.com. My Facebook group is Outrageous Results and it's open. So you can hop in there. Um, you can find me on TikTok. I have 20... 7,000 followers, I think, and 4 million views or something crazy. More of my story is on there if you want to go and, and learn more about me. Um, LinkedIn and Instagram are all Allison Roberts. So amazing. And y'all, Allison is spelled differently. So it's A as in Alpha, L as in Lima, L as in Lisa, Y as in Yellow, S as in Sarah, O as in Open, N as in Nancy, and then Roberts with the S on the end. All of Allison's contact information will be in the show notes. So I'll link her website there. And your website has the backlinks to your social media platforms, right, Allison? Yes. Okay. And then for those of you um, that are tuning in once again, make sure you like comment, follow, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms and you could see the recording to this video on our YouTube channel by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, where would I be without my supporters? You know, I only think about you. That is my remix from the Jaw Rule song. And I want to thank each one of you for supporting the guests that I bring into the community, as well as the mission and movement behind GEMS podcast, which is to curate content that is educational, inspirational, and motivational, while we also factor in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together, having a coffee chat style conversation to really make an imprint that is driving an impact, because we are all world changers. And my big ask, ASK, from you is 
brand sponsorship. You could have your products and services heard right here. Um, it is paid sponsorship because we are ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts per the metrics on www.listennotes.com. So if you want to get more details, head on to my website, genesisamarskemp.net, or send me an email to genesisamarskemp at gmail.com to learn more info. Until then, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.